Julie, Marcus, and Maria. These are just a few of the first names in beer that will be joining us at CBP Connects Charleston. This December, four, five, and six, come join Julie Rhodes, Marcus Baskerville, Maria Pierman, and others just like you for your chance to hear big insight in a small setting. Don't miss this opportunity. Learn more and register at cbpconnects.com. That's cbpconnects.com. See you there. Cheers. All right, guys, I think we are live, which is exciting. So I uh, introduce myself. My name is Andy Rizvold. I'm owner and president of Forgotten Star Brewing. I am joined here with Matt Schwant, owner and president of Font House Brew Labs here in Minneapolis. And we are hosting today a, really a conversation on fostering and thriving, thr fostering a thriving culture and brewing. Um, we're going to talk about a few things today. Really, we're going to start with um, defining culture. And we'll give it a minute just to make sure everyone has a little bit of time to join. Uh, so we're going to slow down just a pinch. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to talk about defining culture. We've got to define culture before we really get into the conversation, right? Um, we're going to talk about why strategy matters and what it is. Um, you really can't build your culture or refine your culture until you, until you have a strong strategy as a team uh, and as a business. And then finally, we're going to dive into culture and why it matters, how we can improve it. Um, Matt is very humble, so I'll introduce him a little bit, and I'll let, then I'll let him tell his story. But uh, beyond being a president of Bauhaus Brew Labs, Matt also works a lot with culture. He's truly an authority on the subject. Um, he facilitates culture groups here in the Twin Cities where he gets leadership teams, um, leaders from all sorts of different business sizes, groups of nine, and he walks them through uh, culture on their specific teams within their business and how to really refine it, grow it, uh, and, you know, um, make it a, a place that not only the leader and the owner of the business wants to be in, but their employees and teams. And then myself, as I as I said, I own and uh, am president of Forgotten Star Brewing here in northeast northeasternish Minneapolis. It's technically Fridley. Uh, we've been open since November of 2019. Um, we've had a lot of fun. We have a one of our general managers actually uh, going through one of Matt's culture culture groups as we speak. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of congruencies there. But Matt, I'll let you take it away and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of why culture matters to you first. Yeah, thanks, Andy, and thanks, everybody, for joining today. Um, this is really exciting for Andy and me to be a part of. And um, I'll also just mention that Andy is also um, an, an advisor to a consulting group that we both work for here in the Twin Cities and has a lot of authority on the subject of culture as well and just leadership and, and strategy in general. Um, and he's done a fantastic job with his brewery. They're, they're a, a bright light in Minneapolis's brewing community. Um, they do fantastic work, and it's exciting to work with him. Um, I founded Bauhaus with partners of mine about 10 years ago, and like most people who start a first-time business, was pretty lost. Uh, the brewing, I had that down, but a lot of the other aspects, which turned out to be some of the most important aspects, maybe the most important aspects of running a business, um, are things like, how do you create a great culture? A culture that retains employees, a culture that um, values creative input from all sides of, of the, uh, the organization and creates a, a culture of trust that makes people want to stick around and contribute to the brand. Uh, so that's something that I've learned over time just through experience, you know, a lot of building the airplane mid-flight. 
Um, fortunately, I now have tools at my disposal that I've learned over the years and through my consulting work that I'm able to share with others to help them improve their culture. Um, and as we'll learn today, it really all starts with leadership. Um, if you want to see culture, the, the culture that you want to develop uh, is something that you need to start yourself. Um, you know, this is one of those circumstances where it's be the change that you want to see in the world. If you want to have a great thriving culture, it starts at the top. Absolutely. Totally agree. And uh, um, to piggyback off that, really, almost all of us, I would say, who's, who started a brewery and got into the, this, this world and this business, I do feel like are building the plane as we're flying it. Um, this is an opportunity. Thank you to Craft uh, Brewers uh, and, and this talk. Um, that we're able to, you know, sit as a as a industry, slow down a little bit, and get the best tools um, in each of our businesses to elevate not, not just ourselves but the entire industry. So, I uh, appreciate you guys being here and taking the time. Um, the one thing I'll say before we really launch into this too is please use the comment section. We want to um, we want to answer questions that you guys have regarding culture. We're treating this almost like a podcast style interview, asking that. Um, all sorts of questions regarding how to, how to have the best best culture in your in your business. So uh, we get to serve you much better as the viewer if you enter comments and we can talk to you. Um, finally, on the last slide here, we'll have our emails. Feel free to email us both anytime. Um, we, we want to talk with you. We love talking to other brewers. Uh, we love helping each other's businesses. There's no fee associated with anything we're talking about. All we want to do is talk to people. Um, help each other grow because we're going to learn just as much from you as you guys are going to learn from us. So email us, make comments, uh, and let's let's talk together. So with that said, uh, let's define culture. How Matt and I define culture, culture is how we think, act, and interact in our business. Um, there's a lot of a lot of different ways that people uh, want to define culture, but truly when you think about it in, ter in terms of business, in terms of, uh, of what's going on in your four walls, it's how you think, act, um, and how you think act and interact really trickles into everything, right? Um, so if you are rewarding some people and not rewarding others, or if you're holding some some employees uh, to one standard and not holding others to the same standard, that, that's trickled throughout the business and people feel it. Um, and the other thing about culture is you have one whether you like it or not. Um, every, every business has a culture, and you either are cultivating it and working on it and improving it, or you're not. And if you're not, what does that look like? Who is that affecting? And ultimately, it affects the end consumer and the person coming in to drink your beer because um, they will feel it. If you, if you have a negative culture, if you have a strong culture, if you have positive attitude, negative attitude, that trickles all the way into the experience of that first sip of beer. Um, so culture to us is the for most important thing uh, that a business can have, but it's not the first thing. The first thing that you need to do as a business is to look at me with these slides. I did a set up slides. You need to build a strategy. I'm only going to touch on this lightly because the purpose of this is culture. But without a strong strategy, all my words went away. Without a strong strategy, um, you you really aren't able to build a culture. So I apologize. This slide is only only showing half of what I have on there. But really, what we're talking about strategy is that core vision, that core focus, those core values, um, building a great accountability chart, having strong KPIs. Making sure everyone in your team understands why you exist as a business, making sure they're in the right seat uh, and know how to be how they're to be held accountable. Um, strategy really is um, the foundation. It's, it's the first little piece. It's not easy. Um, I shouldn't say it's little; it's actually really difficult. You, you caught me 
By the way, we're on day one of our two-day annual planning session as we speak. I've taken a 40-minute break for this presentation. So um, strategy is always always front of mind for us, and we're working on it uh, every single year. Um, and without a strong strategy, you can't build culture. Um, but the strategy has to come first so people understand who they're working for, why they're working for you, um, who your team is, why your business exists, um, and ultimately what their role is and how they're held accountable. Um, and I love this Jack Welch quote, a good business leader, good business, business leaders create vision, articulate the vision, and passionately own the vision relentlessly, uh, relentlessly driving to completion. Um, so why strategy matters is because without it, you can't, you can't build forward. There's no consistency, there's no accountability, um, and there's really no purpose. Um, and you need those three to push forward and to elevate uh, your entire team moving forward. So crafting culture, this is, from here, This we're gonna treat this truly like a podcast where I'm gonna ask Matt some questions. He's gonna answer. Uh, and then what we really appreciate is, is questions from you guys listening. Um, it doesn't have to be live here in the moment. If you're watching on YouTube a day or two from now, great, email us a question. We would love to have the conversation with you. Um, but if you are watching live, please comment because we're here for you. All right, so Matt, with that said, let's start. Question number one. Can you share some insights from your experience about building and maintaining a strong team culture in brewery? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of what I was saying earlier, it, it really all starts from the top. Um, so what we're really talking about is leadership. And I define leadership as the ability to guide, influence, and inspire others to achieve a common goal. And I'll even go a layer deeper. It's not just leadership, it's conscious leadership. And what I mean by that is Conscious leaders have a self-awareness about how their actions and uh, behaviors impact everyone around them, including employees, peers, managers, customers, vendors, whatever. It's being aware that asking employees questions rather than just solving their problems for them can empower autonomy and growth. And it's knowing that if you expect respect from someone, then you also must show respect for everyone. So culture really starts at the top because what leaders do, everyone else follows. Um, and a conscious leader will embody certain mindsets and skill sets that they want to see used in teams and individuals in the organization. Um, so like, for example, some of these mindsets and skill sets are that you have a, a vision that, that you can articulate for your team to really understand and get energized by. Um, it's having emotional intelligence. Um, that's kind of a buzzword right now in, in business strategy and culture circles. Um, emotional intelligence, and for, for anyone who's unfamiliar, it means having a self-awareness about how you're feeling in a certain situation that you can take a moment to pause and reflect on how you're feeling and respond instead of react. Um, that, that pause is really important um, to be un able to understand, like, what, what am I experiencing right now? How are others perceiving me? Because if I want to see, you know, certain behaviors modeled back to me, I've got to model those first. Because, like I said, leadership starts at the top. Yeah, you, you got to practice what you preach. Exactly. Yeah, because people pick up on that. Um, if you have a lot to say, but you don't follow your own advice, you know, people see that as maybe a breach in trust. Mm -hmm. And another part of fostering a great culture is establishing trust. In fact, I would say that trust before results is really important. 
what I mean by that is if you create a, a culture that is focused on creating trust in your environment, having open dialogue, engaging in healthy conflict, um, offering constructive criticism, making people feel welcome to share ideas, things like that, then the results will naturally follow. When you have a high trust environment, you're going to get good business results. And there are statistics that, that prove that out. Um, in fact, I would refer the group to um, a book called The Culture Climb that recently came out. Um, it's actually the, the consulting firm that Andy and I do some work for. It was written by the CEO and her partner, um, Jamie Tates and Chelsea Paulson. Um, it's a great book for learning more about culture. It's a real deep dive and it has a lot of data in it to support why culture is so important for any organization. It's industry agnostic. It's really a toolbox. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, last, that last third of the book is all tools. It is. It's tools that anyone in any organization can use too to better their team culture. Um, can you give an example? Because I want people who are watching this to be able to walk away with some some tangibles. Can you give an example? You said, um, you said some like, you know, hot words there, but like uh, being a conscious leader or uh, can you give some examples of what that looks like in the day to day? Yeah, sure. Um, so right now, in fact, at our brewery, you know, we're about 10 years into business and our initial vision for the business needs kind of a refresh. And so we're looking at new markets, new opportunities, new beverages to explore, new categories. And so almost on a daily basis, I'm speaking with employees, you know, trying to get ideas and I'm trying to share my ideas so that we can find alignment for our vision for the future. It's that open dialogue that lets people know like, hey, I'm empowered to have some a voice at this table and sure, like, you know, there's leadership that articulates the vision, but hey, I can contribute to that vision. And the more that we express that openly, um, you know, in a, in a uh, high trust environment, um, the more likely we're gonna land on something that kind of empowers and energizes all of us. Um, so it, I think it's just having that rapport on a day-to-day -day basis um, that, that really helps. That, that's one example. Yeah, that's I would great. Say, I would say another example um, is that, you know, we have quarterly checkups with all of our staff to also foster that dialogue. And it's not an, it's not a performance review. It's just an opportunity for everyone in the organization to provide feedback, um, openly about what's working, what's not working, what can be improved. Um, what do we see coming down the pike that we need to be aware of? Um, but just having that open communication is so important because I mean, honestly, almost every business issue can be reduced to a people issue. Mm -hmm. And so having that open conversation allows you to connect with your people to make sure that they have uh, what they need, that the tools to do the job that they need to do. And, and that's why the strategy piece is so important first. Right? Is the, the strategy piece is there and your team knows what the standards are, why they're, why your business exists, what their role in that business and in that accomplishing that mission is. Um, exactly. Like how they're being measured, it removes a lot of the emotion and creates uh, some objective standards, um, and then you can pile the culture on top of it. So then you can, as you hire for specific people that fit your core values and fit as fit to accomplish your mission, you're able to have that conversation with them in a lot different tone as opposed to wrong person, wrong seat, bad culture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. 
what strategies or initiatives have you implemented to ensure everyone on your team is aligned to the same vision? Well, uh, one of the, yeah, one, one of the first things we did is I remember coming home from CBC in 2019 and thinking, okay, we did but boy, does it feel like we were just improving the whole time. We, we were just, mm. just winging this. It's time to get a little more organized. Um, so at the end of 2019, we implemented an operating system that probably a lot of people here are familiar with Traction EOS. Um, for those who haven't heard of it, it's EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's a way to organize the business so that you start building in some strategy and accountability. Um, and the ultimate goal is to identify the right people in seats in your organization and to have them aligned around common goals and vision. Um, that ensures that all stakeholders are going to understand the mission or vision that you have for your business and that you're all aligned on short and long-term goals. I would say out, outside of something like something formal like that, we've always kind of had a mind for developing culture. And even though we didn't really know that we were using some of these culture tools from day one, um, we were. We recognized the importance from day one about having a great culture. And we're now a lot more intentional about maintaining and improving culture. And we've got tools at our disposal to do that. Um, but we knew, I mean, I, I think pretty much everybody in the world has had a crappy job or worked in a crappy environment or a low trust environment at one point. And we knew that that's not the kind of environment we wanted to have at Bauhaus. Um, in our case, we are a family owned business and we wanted to feel, we wanted it to feel like a family. And I know that gets overused a lot. Every company wants to feel that it's like a family environment, but we really do live that out on a daily basis. And I think that our culture reflects that. And we've also got some anecdotal data in that we have a really low rate of turnover in our brewery. Um, we, we still have some, um, some OGs, some people who have been with us since day one. Um, so 10 years, it's pretty great retention. Rate. That's amazing. Um, how have you, how have you had to adapt culture over those 10 years? Like had to, you know, not, not just within your own organization, but to stay relevant in the industry and to stay relevant in with all the other breweries popping up over the course of 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there've been a lot of changes. Things are so different now, um, in the marketplace than they were when we started. Um, a lot more competition, a lot more segments have opened up for craft breweries. I mean, hard seltzer wasn't a thing that I thought we would be doing. And, and now it's like really big for us. And so is so are cannabis beverages, other non-alcoholic beers. Um, but from a cultural standpoint, I think that we had to come to terms with some blind spots that we had early on that did cause some problems. Um, number one, like having direct conversations with people, um, having enough vulnerability to provide constructive criticism to people who maybe needed to be um, nudged in a certain direction as far as performance. Uh, those are always tough conversations to have, and that gets to conflict. Um, conflict is not fun for anyone in any organization, but it is a necessary part of business, in what I would call healthy conflict, where you're providing constructive, you're being honest, um, but you're also being respectful. Um, having that healthy exchange of, of ideas and, and constructive criticism will actually foster more trust with people, even if you're criticizing them, because you're being honest, you're being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, 
In fact, I think it's actually a, a sign of poor organizational health if there is no conflict, because all that's happening in those situations is you're creating an artificial sense of harmony. And that's eventually going to blow up in your face. A hundred percent. And and oftentimes we see leaders who are afraid to have a difficult conversation. And what they end up doing is the mistake that I see them making most often is they overhire. They, they add positions and roles um, because they're afraid of having a difficult conversation with an, a team member who's not pulling their weight or not following through the expectations that their leader needs. Yeah. Um, and that, that obviously leads to a disaster on many levels. One, you just gave somebody a job who's counting on you to be their employer. Um, two, you've never addressed the real issue. Uh, three, financially for the business is unsustainable. Um, which, is all, And all of that, the root cause of all that is the fear or inability to have that hard conversation. And you really owe it to everybody on your team to have the hard conversations with the people that, that you need to. Um, if you have, yeah. you have A-plus performers, who see you avoiding hard conversations with F performers, guess what that A-plus performer is going to do? They're going to regress to the mean, and they're going to go from an A-plus performer down to a C performer, or they're going to leave your business and find a leader who wants to help them thrive as that A-plus person. Totally. It, it, the, 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 one of the biggest weaknesses I see, is, and this is across all industries, not just brewing, um, is leaders who are afraid to have hard conversations. And when they are, that trickle is way worse than than a 15 minute difficult conversation you're going to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're getting at is actually the distinction between someone who a leader has a growth mindset and a leader who has a fixed mindset. Yeah. This is another thing that's kind of prevalent in, in a lot of business strategy and leadership training um, circles these days. But, uh, you know, when you're afraid of obstacles or, or you see obstacles as, as annoyances, I mean, sure, things get annoying sometimes when unexpected occur and that's kind of a daily occurrence in um you know we always say like if something hasn't gone wrong then we should be wondering what we've missed uh, what we're ignorant of um but both mindset they have enough ability and intelligence to improve things over time with dedication and effort they see obstacles as opportunities as pushing them to grow. And they embrace feedback, um, even if it's negative, because that also provides an opportunity to learn and grow. That's You can contrast that with someone with a fixed mindset who believe that their abilities intelligence are, and intelligence are just like innate traits that are fixed and are not adaptable. And they have a view of their capabilities and they avoid challenges because they because they they see those as um uh you know just in, impossible things that are happening to them not opportunities that occur for them yeah to grow. Um, that's a great distinction there this is happening to me as opposed to this is happening for me and that, yeah. that, that mindset shift for a leader is huge it, it's a subtle one but it makes such a huge difference yeah um and you know if you don't have a growth mindset in this competitive marketplace that's rapidly shifting, I mean, good luck to you. But you're making it, you're playing life on hard mode. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So, again, we got, I hope we got a lot of a lot of brewers out there watching this that I want, that I want them to really walk away with a nugget. So, um, I know brewer, brewers are numbers people. I don't touch the beer. My partner had brewer touches the beer, but he's a numbers guy. And I think there's a lot of numbers guys probably listening and watching this. Um, 
So give me some key measures or some key metrics that measures culture. Like how, how do you know culture is working? How can you how can you get a pulse on what your culture looks like? Um, how can you really get that objectively, that, that no-nonsense number to say, oh, I got a great culture, I'm going the right direction, or I got a crappy culture, I need to fix some things? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that culture is kind of um, a nebulous concept for a lot of people to really quantify um, with metrics, but it is possible. Um, first, um, like I mentioned earlier, we have regular check-ins with our staff. Um, these quarterly conversations give us a pulse on what's going on with the staff. It's a good indicator of where our culture is at. We look at whether we have the right people in the right seats. We ask staff what's working, what's not working. We have also evaluate whether each person gets it, wants it, and has the capacity to do it. And then, so what I mean by that, and this is traction parlance for anybody who is unfamiliar with that, but if the person gets their role, they understand it, they have a great comprehension of what their role is, what's, what they're required to do, do they want it? Are they enthusiastic about it? Are they passionate about it? And then do they have the capacity to do it? Is their workload um, you know, too heavy, too light? Um, do they have uh do they have the, the the drive to want to want to do it and the capacity to do it we also look at other financial and business metrics though because culture impacts all of those things um people's experiences at high trust organizations differ dramatically when compared to experiences at low trust companies and here are some numbers this is from the culture climb book but people in high trust companies 74 percent report that they have less stress 106% express that they have more energy at work. 50% indicate that they are more productive. They have 13% fewer sick days, 76% more engagement, 29% more satisfaction with their lives, and 40% less burnout. For, so for those of you out there who are concerned about um, you know, metrics and bottom line, you can see like having a great culture greatly impacts um, employee productivity, and the bottom line financially and everyone listening has felt great culture either in their own businesses or a business they grew up around or worked in in their early job everyone's been a part of a great culture and you can, it's truly palpable mm -hmm. um, when you're when you're excited to show up to work when you're excited to be around the people that, that you work with when you're all uh, pointed in the same direction and a common vision and a common mission and a common uh you know a common call to stress but a common goal it is an exciting palpable feeling um, that it's hard not to be around. And even with our own business, even if we don't have the strongest culture, there are moments within your own business where you're all, your entire team is doing that. Maybe it's maybe it's throwing a big Oktoberfest event and everyone on team is all hands on deck and you can feel that energy. You can say, holy crap, we're working as a team. I can feel this. That's what people, that's what great yeah. work to be around. That's what they want to feel. That's why they are willing to wanting to work with you because they feel it. They feel like they're part of something. Um, as opposed to showing up and punching clock. And, and we're going to define culture in our own ways here in a minute. But to me, that's what my definition of a great culture is. Um, outside of what you think of the internet, it's really, you know, being around a group of people on a common on a common mission to accomplish great things and feeling good about it. Um, great culture has a lot of trust ingrained into it, great communication ingrained into it. Um, and it's, it's a... It's it's a special thing that once you once you are part of it, you feel it. You wanna you wanna always be around it. 
Um, and it's it's never done. You're never it's never like oh, I turn I, culture's good. We're done now. It's a constantly evolving work of art. You, you have to you have to have your thumb on it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, what advice would you give to brewery owners like day one? Like let's let's say Mahouse Brew Labs is opening tomorrow, uh, or you're hiring your first employee tomorrow. What do you what do you want them to do early on to make sure culture is uh, strong? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think that you know kind of what I've said already. It, it's so important that you understand that creating a great culture starts at the top. It's about leveling up your own leadership skills, knowing what your what your your staff requires as a leader. Because if there's no conscious leadership, there's not going to be any trust. And if there's no trust, there's no healthy culture. So level up your leaders, at, you know, first. And there are plenty of resources available out there um, these days on you know how to level up as a leader, how to become a conscious leader. I would strongly suggest reading the Culture Climb book. Um, I would also suggest um, Pat Mancioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. This is a great book that that illustrates a lot of the same things we're talking about here. What can go wrong at the leadership level that degrades trust in an organization? Um, I would say it's just a lot. It's a lot about, you know, self-discovery and taking initiative to, to be the best leader that you can be and understand that your behavior and how you show up affects the whole organization. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I was going to my follow up question to that was going to be uh, there's brewery owners out there who maybe know they have a terrible culture. And where do they start? And your answer, I think, resonates to that, too. You got to start with yourself. Um, if you if yeah. you're sitting in your business now and you know there's something wrong with your business there's something wrong with your culture and you've got high turnover you've got disruptive people or you know deep down you're avoiding hard conversations you got to look in the mirror and start with yourself it's not the most fun exercise but it's important and then don't be afraid to ask for help once you understand that hey i got an issue you, you're not in this alone you're if you're, you're watching this you're part of an industry with hundreds of people just like you who have gone through the same fight just don't be don't be afraid to reach out and ask for advice um that's why that's why we're here um and that's again, a great one. not for pay ask the ask your brewery up two miles away for help i mean don't don't be afraid to ask for help if you, if you try to do this alone you try to build a repair a negative culture alone you're in for a really long lonely fight and it doesn't have to be that way be vulnerable yeah. be willing to ask for help and uh and grow I would say even look outside the brewing industry, see, you know, find other local companies that you can see are really thriving because it's pretty obvious when a company has a great culture or maybe you hear about it from a staff member at another company, like engage those leaders, ask them to coffee, ask them to lunch, see what, what has worked for them. Uh, because a lot of this culture stuff, it's industry agnostic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. Same with strategy, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, you can have somebody come talk to you about strategy who knows nothing about beer. I mean, I'm having it today. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's a good thing. And, and it forces your team to grow and it forces your team to look at things from a different perspective. Yep. And you get a lot of creativity comes out of those moments, too, when you get outside of the industry. Exactly. All right. Well, to wrap things up, I really only have one, two more questions for you, Matt, that I want to ask. Uh, the first one is. Just give us a memorable success story or lesson learned from your journey in building team culture. And then I want you to, to conclude us with what your definition, what what Bauhaus Brew Lab's definition is of a great team culture. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll share a success story. Uh, so, you know, 
we we are known for throwing some pretty high profile large scale events at our brewery and these events are successful mostly because we have a team of dedicated staff who all believe in the culture that we've nurtured over the years and so one example that i can um, give of this is this past summer we had a large-scale music event at the brewery and this is a ticketed event there were literally thousands of people lined up down the street to get in um, at, at the time doors were supposed to open and we had like a monsoon storm come through like 30 minutes before doors and our parking lot doesn't have drainage um, this is where the stage was set up this is where all the people were going to come in to watch this show and it was a it was a pond so literally every member of staff without even being prompted it didn't matter if they were in production tap room marketing sales um i me and a lot of the other leaders on our team just went out to the parking lot got squeegees fortunately we're a brewery we have plenty of those um got some sump pumps and we cleared that parking lot in about 15 minutes because we all knew that hey if we want this to happen and we want this to reflect well on our company, we've all got to pitch in and do this. And we even had fun doing it. Um, you know, it was a lot of work, but it was just like, oh man, we're all out here together. We're doing this. Like there's a lot of camaraderie. And it was it was a really successful moment for us over the summer. And and because the people, I myself hear that, and I know there's people who run their breweries who just heard that story and they say, gosh, how in the hell do I get to that point? How do I get my team to, to all grab a squeegee without being asked and, uh, and to go above and beyond and do something for the greater good of my business? What, what uh, obviously it's a much longer answer than uh, you do this or that, but give, give uh, beyond everything you've talked to, talked about, where does that come from? I, I think it really all comes down to how much trust have you fostered with the organization over the years? How much have you empowered people to contribute you know their own ideas um, or efforts and i think that any that a good idea for the company can come from anywhere in fact we live that out as far as like you know choosing beer now um we will we'll put those to the to the whole staff and offer like a $25 gift card to amazon if they get if they have the winning name and it's just a fun um exercise you know, for people to put names out there and stuff and we do that for a lot of you know in a lot of different ways in our brewery um but that that kind of buy-in is what you're trying to foster like people who actually care about the vision yeah. and know what what needs to be done to achieve it um, yeah. and, and where, where i think where i think uh it comes from at least you know the the origin story of that kind of culture comes from one you had a great vision you've communicated that vision well, and you hired people who are aligned to that vision and who understand what it is. Um, so because you had that great strategy in place, you had your your strong vision, you're able to hire very specifically to it and knew exactly the kind of people who fit, fit on your team the way you wanted them to fit. Um, yes. So when the monsoon comes, you know, I got, a, I got a, a front of house and back of house full of go-getters who are gonna, who are gonna come work with me. Yeah, um, and that, speaks, do this together. that really speaks to having the right people in the right seats and, and knowing what that person looks like before hiring them. Yeah. You know, having a good idea of like, this is what we want for this person or this position. Um, and a lot of that comes down to core value alignment. And this mm -hmm. is more on the strategy side. But when you have well-defined core values, you know exactly who to look for to yeah. add to your team.
when you interview based on core values then and you and they know they, even in the interview process or even in the job description hey this role is not for me or this role is for me um right it, it, it all to me it all comes back to that yes and uh, you know i would say nine times out of ten when you hire looking for core value alignment you're gonna end up with a really strong person in that seat if you don't which happens sometimes there can be a values misalignment and then you have another decision to make and you know maybe maybe you can coach that person into having a value alignment but maybe not and that that speaks to a lesson learned um, for me over the years um for many years i was unwilling to engage in conflict for the betterment of the company because it's uncomfortable no one likes that it feels it feels difficult um got to do it you got to do it because otherwise you got the wrong people in the wrong seats and there's a lot lack of authenticity there and people pay people see that they're like you know staff looks around and they say oh this person really isn't pulling their weight or they there's a mis misalignment here um and leadership isn't doing anything about it yep. so there's a not doing, if we're not doing it to that person what what's in it for me to do the right thing exactly so. exactly yep um well one more question is just to as good as you can define culture your own way. We've obviously defined it as how you think, act, and interact, but I want to hear the Manchuan version. Yeah, uh, I, I think that it's about showing up in your your most authentic self every day to the best of your ability to get people on board with your vision and to be excited about doing it and working towards this common goal. I mean, yeah. our Bauhaus, one of our core brand tenants at Bauhaus is actually a philosophy taken from our namesake, the Bauhaus School in pre-World War II Germany. And that is that work, play, and celebration are all intertwined. And so that's that's something that we take really seriously and that we try to foster on a daily basis, that we work hard, but we celebrate together, we play together, um, and we see that being lived out by our staff all the time. And so the, awesome. we, we lean into that pretty hard. Um, I guess, I guess before we say goodbye, I do need to say that Matt, next time we do this, I need you to need you to remind me to wear a hat because your hairline and my hairline on screen are <laughs> looking good. I, I got some stuff to work on. Uh, <laughs> Got to have some fun. Um, I, to everybody watching, please reach out to us. Our emails are really simple. Mine is Andy at fsbc.beer. It's the initials of our brewery, Andy at fsbc.beer. And Matt is Matt at BauhausBrewLabs.com. We're very easily available on LinkedIn, uh, social media of all sorts of sorts, and of course, email. So we would love to have a conversation with you guys about your culture, uh, about your business in general, even strategy. It's, it's fun stuff. It's a fun time for the industry, despite what a lot of people are feeling and seeing. I think this is an exciting time to be in the brewing industry and seeing everybody pivot and make things work and get creative is you know, inspiring to be around. So we want to have those conversations and be around with you guys. And Matt, I'll leave it to you with any parting words. Yeah, I mean, kind of what you were alluding to. I mean, this is kind of a challenging time in our industry, but as conscious leaders, it's it's sort of important for us to look at those as opportunities for growth, for innovating. It's like, where can we go from here? Okay, let's see let's see what opportunities are available to us because, you know, obstacles are a catalyst for growth, and when you can accept that and embrace it, who knows what you're going to think of. You know, right now we're sort of articulating a vision for the next five, 10 years of our business. Um, and honestly, it's a really empowering exercise. It's, you know, we don't know what the future holds, but we're excited to explore it. And I think that having that sort of curiosity and willingness to engage in that kind of thought um, 
is energizing our whole organization despite some of the the market conditions around us for sure all right well we appreciate you guys watching we uh, hope to hear from you and until then uh, cheers cheers see you guys thank you for listening and being an important part of our community please hit the subscribe button to stay on top of more sessions that can help you grow as a craft beer professional and join us for more conversations in our community on facebook we appreciate you cheers